take your Bibles this evening and turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes. Something you all might not know about me is that you know I've got uh, many, uh, I guess if you want to call them degrees or whatever, you know, from the, uh, I guess you would call it the McMurtry Institute of Higher Learning, uh, not recognized by pretty much anybody in the world but me. But one of the things that I like to you know, talk about is my uh, skills in psychiatry and everything like that. And I've never taken a single class on it in my life. Well, I guess I, I guess I did take a little bit of one in college. But uh, as far as my, you know, today's psychiatry or psychology goes, uh, know nothing about it. I try not to learn too much about that stuff because it would mess me up <laughs> if I if I learned about those things. And but I've always been kind of a self-proclaimed. Psychiatrist. I think all of us have a little bit of that in us. We like to think that we can identify all the problems and diagnose everything. And one of the things that I've found, I've thought about, you know, I'm always coming up with these great ways where I can make a lot of money. It's just most of the time the ideas that I come up with, they're probably, you know, not completely ethical. And if I made money those ways, I probably couldn't do it in a good conscience. But uh, with what I'm going to be talking about tonight, I've often thought, you know, uh, one of the things that we do in this country now is problems that people have had really since the beginning of time. Uh, you know, now nowadays we're always making up these names for them, and we're giving them different diagnoses and you know diagnoses and things like, for example, uh, you know, somebody who has a temper, uh, you know, who maybe. They just kind of are up and down and things like that. You know, go from one extreme to another. You know, at one time, you know, we used to say, oh, they got a temper or whatever. Well, now they say maybe they're like bipolar or something like that. Or kids who are just healthy kids, um, because of their healthiness, they have a lot of energy and tend to bounce off walls and be crazy and everything. You know, nowadays, instead of just saying, you know, they're a hyper kid, uh, you know, say they've got, you know, ADD or ADHD or something like that and makes it sound, you know, like you know, and the people listen to that, it's like, oh man, that so that's my kid's problem. They've got this new disease, and I, and really, with a lot of the problems people have, if you can make up a name for it, then you can probably make a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, and what I thought, and what what I'm going to be talking about tonight, I've kind of come up with a name for a problem that a lot of people have. And I thought, man, I ought to go and maybe write a book about this or something and get it out there and make people feel like a victim because of this. And I could probably make a whole lot of money. But, you know, probably not in a good conscience. Because <laughs> the, the truth is, uh, you know, we're all, we all have a lot of things in common with that sin nature that we have. And, uh, you know, we don't really need a diagnosis or we don't really need a name for it. What we need is the remedy for it. And the remedy for... Pretty much all our problems is right here in the Word of God. And if we would just follow it, then we could learn how to uh, maybe not completely get over that problem. You know, we're always going to have to deal with it, but we could learn how to get victory over it. And that's the key. And tonight I'm going to talk about something that I refer to as the Solomon Syndrome. That's what I like to call it, the Solomon Syndrome. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, we're going to read a passage to you there. Solomon, uh, just a little background on him. Solomon, of course, he was the son of David. uh, David who killed Goliath. Solomon also, uh, he was known for being the wisest man that ever lived. 
He was the one who wrote the book of Proverbs. He's the one that wrote Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Uh, very, uh, very wise person. When he was young and when he was about to become the king, God came to him and asked him if there was something that he, he asked. Him. He said, I'll give you whatever you want. And Solomon said, I want wisdom. Because Lord, I mean, you've given me, I'm the king over your people, and I want to have wisdom to judge them in the right way. And boy, God was pleased with that. And God said, because you didn't ask for riches or for the life of your enemies or any of these selfish things, He said, not only am I going to give you the wisdom, but I'm going to give you all those other things that you could have asked for too. And during Solomon's time, the nation of Israel, I mean, it was in its glory days during his time. That was when they built the first temple. It was when uh, he really built up the, the city of Jerusalem in a beautiful way. I mean, uh, people came from miles around just to see this place. The kingdom was so rich at that time that there was they had gold in abundance and silver. They didn't even pay attention to it. They didn't even keep track of it. It was as stones. That's how rich the kingdom was during his time. So Solomon, he was he was a he was a great king. As far as he did many amazing, many great things. But Solomon, though, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, we don't have time to go through all of it. But sadly, while Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived, while he was probably the richest man that ever lived, maybe even the most one of the most successful kings that there ever was, Solomon was not a very happy person. Solomon had a, uh, he, his life that he lived was very empty. And it's really amazing when you look at Solomon's life and you see the emptiness that he talks about because the things that most people today are living for and are seeking to go after. and uh, I mean, Solomon achieved the goals that pretty much most of the world has today. And Solomon got what most people are going after and yet he was just as empty as all the people that are shooting for those things today. And it's really sad that we see that, but I want us to look at some things about Solomon. We're going to stay just mainly in chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes. And some of these problems that Solomon had are the very same things that are huge in America today. I mean, it is just... I mean, if you want to talk about a sickness or a syndrome or anything like that, I mean, this is affecting America, I mean, like the plague. I mean, it is... It's all over the place. But we'll start reading in verse 1. It says, I said in mine heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad and of mirth. What doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under heaven all the days of of their life. Solomon here, notice he had what I call the I want to find out for myself mentality. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go try some things. I'm gonna I'm gonna go try mirth. Or in other words, our, I, that word mirth we don't use that much these days, but basically it's just talking about pleasures or relaxation, comfort. I, I wanna I just want things to be easy. I want things to be enjoyable, I'm going to try that. I'm going to, I'm going to have laughter. I'm going to give myself unto wine. I'm going to, I'm going to get involved in drinking and things. I am going. I'm basically 
says, I'm going to seek out just pleasure. Things that I enjoy. Things that relax me. Things that make me feel good. I'm going to give my life to that. And I'm going to go try that out. That is America through and through today. Fewer and fewer people in the house of God on Sundays. I mean, it's sad how much of the of how big mirth is on Sundays. I mean, that's people's day to go fishing. That's their day, you know, to go to the ball game or to go do whatever. It's Sunday. That's the day. That's the day they like to do that because that's just their day to relax. The house of God. You know, they're not worried about getting that in there. They're looking. For pleasure, and they're 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 wanting to try these things. Just wanting to try some things out. And he said, "I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine." Now, really, when we when you read that statement there, he's like, "I'm you know," he's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna try that out." You know, the truth is today, when it comes to alcohol, I mean, thank God I, I was blessed to grow up, you know, being taught to stay away from that stuff. I've I've never I've never experienced that in my life. But I know a lot of people who've grown up just like I did, who were taught the very same things I did, that they heard all the bad stuff about it, but when it came to when they were finally old enough, to when they were 21, they wanted to find out for themselves what was so bad about it or what was so good about it. Because the truth is, it is huge today. I mean, look at how... I mean, you go to, you go into Walmart the day before a holiday. And you just look and you see these people. I mean, 4th of July is coming up. You go into Walmart July 3rd and you see all these people pushing around these carts just full of beer. What is there about that? You know what? I've seen a little bit of you know what alcohol does. I remember when I was... Uh, first time I ever went to a Cubs game. I was just I was just a little kid. And I remember we're there at Wrigley Field and I'm all excited. You know, I was a big Cub fan. And I, I remember seeing all the people drinking. And I didn't understand that at the time. Now I understand that to be a Cub fan, you probably need some of that to help you get through it because they're always doing so bad. <laughs> but I remember I, I remember I went walking into the bathroom and I'm in there. If you've ever been in Wrigley Field's bathrooms, that's a pretty horrible experience right there. And I remember walking in there and I was kind of shocked by what I saw. And I remember all of a sudden I look over and there is this guy just heaving his guts into the sink. I mean, just puking his guts out in the sink. And I remember I told my dad, I was like, Dad, what is wrong with that guy? Like, you know, and the guy had been drinking a lot. And apparently that happens. I don't get why you would want to go back to doing that. Things that make me throw up, I don't want to do anymore. There's been food that I love to eat, but I've gotten sick. And maybe I ate it when I was sick. Have you ever done that before? And then you end up throwing up later. And then after that, you never want to eat that food again. Because you it, you're, it reminds you of when you got sick and when you threw up. And I don't know why. But you know, a lot of people, they, they, they're like, well, you know, I've heard all the best, but I just like to try that for myself. And Solomon, it shouldn't have happened with him because in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 3, his mother's talking to him. And she said uh, in verse 4, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. 
This is Proverbs 31. This is something that his mother taught him as a young child. And Solomon, he was warned. He was taught. Listen, I'm not. I'm not picking on all these people that are out there on the holidays doing that. That is a part of our culture today. I mean, a part. It is a part of our culture that if it's a holiday, you get drunk. If it's a sports event, you get drunk. If it's a weekend, you get drunk. That is a part of the American culture today. And you know what? That's what that's what people grow up around. That's all that they're taught. But you know what? I'm thankful. There's some of us that have been taught the truth, and we shouldn't have that attitude. I want to. Go, well, I want to find out for myself. I want to see. I don't want to miss out on something. And the truth is, you are missing out on something, but it's nothing. Nothing good. And Solomon, I don't know what he was saying. It's like, you know, boy, people, they're all going for this like crazy. There's got to be something about it. I mean, you think about think about drugs. People are spending so much money on that. Spending a lot of money on it. I mean, it's putting them... I mean, I mean, we've all seen where that stuff leads. But at the same time, why do people keep trying it? Are we missing out on something? Should we, should we look into this? Should we see? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's what Solomon's doing. He's like, I'm going to go try it out. But Solomon had been warned. He did not listen to the advice of his mother. And many people today are trying all these different things because they're afraid that they're missing out on something. And yes, you may be missing out on something, but it's it's okay. There are some things you want to miss out on. There's some things you don't ever want to experience. You don't want to find out what it's like. And uh, it's it's alright. It's a good thing if you miss out on that. But Solomon also, uh, in verse 4-10, through 10, he said, I want you to notice a few things in here. I, I'm not, notice how many times words like I, me, myself, looks into how many times these words are used in this passage we're going to read. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. I made me pools of water to water there with the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. And also I had great possession of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of the kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me and whatsoever mine eyes desired I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Wow. It's pretty clear who he was focused on during that time. It's pretty clear who he was thinking about. Solomon, he also had the it's all about me mentality. It's all about me. Solomon... Right, I mean, he's saying, "All right, you know, he's trying all these different things, and we're only talking about a few of them tonight in this passage." There was a bunch of things that he tried, pretty much everything under the sun, everything that there is to try, everything there is that people go after to try to find happiness. Solomon tried them all, but this one right here is one many people are in today, and that is like, you know what? Forget the rest of the world. Right now, it's time to think about me. I mean, listen, you know, commercials. 
Listen to you know commercials today. They're always talking about you know you and this this is for you and you need to think about yourself and this you know vacation that you deserve and and all these things and making you feel like you're entitled to these things. They're they're preying on this mentality. They're using this mentality. If if you haven't got it, they're trying to create it inside of you because they want you to go after these things so you'll buy their products, so you'll spend your money, so you'll do whatever they're wanting you to do. But Solomon, he had that he had that mentality. And that's where most people are at today. And I'm here today to tell you that that attitude will make you miserable. That it is it is empty. It's vanity. Solomon kept saying, thought that it's all vanity. Many people today, they have enough to live by, but not enough to live for. Uh, you think about that for a minute. Now, we, we live in a country where we... I mean, God has blessed this country in a great way. I mean, we have... I mean, in most countries today, they're worrying about surviving. What, am I going to have enough to eat? Am I... Do I and they're... Am I going to have something to wear? Am I going to have a place to stay? In this country, we have all those things. I don't think any of us in here are wondering if we're going to starve to death this week. We're not. That's not. That's not a problem. And that's not a problem around here. But yet, many people, while they have plenty to eat, while they have plenty of clothes to wear, while they have a place to stay, they're not happy. They haven't. They're not content. They're not satisfied by any of these things. And the truth is, they've got, they've got that mentality where they're so focused on themselves. And you know, there's always going to be somebody out there that has more than you. Always. There's always going to be somebody that has a nicer car. There's always going to be somebody that has a nicer house. There's always going to be somebody that makes more money. There's always going to be some, there's always going to be that out there. And we can't get too caught up in these things. And it's, it's hard today with all the advertisements and things that are thrown at us. But we've got to learn to be content with what we have and not have an attitude of it's all about me, but an attitude of it's all about others. And what can I do to be a blessing to other people? Most people, we don't even notice those who are more unfortunate than us. I mean, if we don't have everything that some television family has, we think that we're a victim. And we think we think that God has shortchanged us somewhere. And what this attitude, it's all about me, it's a very lonely place. And the truth is, your selfish, sinful flesh, it can never be satisfied. It never can. And if you think and and if one thing an example I heard somebody give one time, if you only think about yourself, you eventually spiritually are going to become like a pig. I know that sounds mean, but I read this statement one time. I thought it was good. If you give a child everything he wants when he cries, and a pig everything he wants when he grunts, you'll have a fine pig and a sorry child. <laughs> and it's true. Boy, we live in a world where parents today, the parents are raising this mentality in their kids. Every time their kid wants something, they give it to them. You know, your kids need to, they need to learn to be told no. I mean, you hear the kids sometimes in the, in Walmart. And let me tell you, you know, while we all complain about those kids, they've been mine before. <laughs> it's been mine before. But let me tell you, we, we go home and we have a lesson and not doing that anymore. But it's been there. But you know what? Kids, they're going to go into stores and they're going to see things. 
And let me tell you, them advertisers, they know how to get in the kids' heads. They know how to do it. My Tommy, when he was two years old, I, that was when I think I think that was when the first Spider-Man came out. He'd never seen Spider-Man. He didn't, and somehow he found out who Spider-Man was. And every time he saw anything that was Spider-Man, which at the time that was everything, was all over the place. He'd get all excited. Spider-Man! Spider-Man! And anything that was Spider-Man, he got all excited about. And we were like, how in the world? And you know what? It was advertising. They know how to get through to those little kids. They know how to do it. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. I mean, Tommy, he, he would fall for every little sales thing in the world. He'd see those signs where you know something would say free. Dad, you can get this for free. He's like, yeah, look, there's this other print there. You have to buy all these other things and spend $18,000. You know, it's like, you know, they know how to get, they know how to get through to kids. And they're doing it, and they know how to get through to adults too, by the way. And it, they're very successful, and it works. I mean, they do it from the product placement and just colors and everything. I mean, they study this stuff, and they know how to play, uh, how to uh, just play our flesh. So we'll go after these things. And you know, my kids, from the time they're real young, they start wanting everything. And you've got to learn to tell them no. My daughter Allie, you know, she's, I mean, she's uh, before she was even two. You know, she was. She'd see the things in the store and see the candy and stuff, and one of you have to learn tell her no. You got to start at a young age. It was cute because for her birthday, uh, I went. I always take the kids out on their birthday. And, you know, we'll go out to eat, and I'll go to the store and let them buy something. We're we're there at Walmart, and we're going getting ready to go in the checkout line. I was like, go over there and pick out some candy. And she's kind of looking at me. She's looking all confused, and she goes over to the candy, and she keep, and I'm like, I'm like, go get one, and she just kept. She kept wanting to take them. She kept looking at me like, "Dad, are you sure?" You know, it was like I, I want this stuff all the time. And you're always telling me no, and it was like she was really confused. And I finally had to go and just take something that I knew she liked and give it to her. And it was just funny the confusion on her face. But boy, you know, and uh, you, you just you can't give a kid everything that they want. Otherwise, the one time you don't do it, you're gonna they're gonna be the ones screaming in the store that everybody's gonna be saying, if "That was my kid. I do this. I do. I do that." And it's it's uh. It's a terrible thing. And the sad thing, many adult people are like that today. If they can't have what they want, they throw a fit. They have a temper tantrum. And they're so focused on getting all these things for himself, they can't find any happiness. And Solomon, you heard all these things that he got for himself. I mean, he had everything. Most of those things are things we'd be excited But if Solomon would have lived today, I mean, he'd have said, you know, I got me. Several cars. I got me a Ferrari, and uh, you know, I got me a Mustang, or I got me whatever. I got me the newest cell phone, the iPhone five, or I got me the you know the new iPad, or I got me all the you know he'd been he'd been naming off all those things that people just have to get. I mean, you know, these phones that are out there today. I'll never forget one time. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago at all. I remember a guy. He had this cell phone. He's showing it to everybody that took pictures. And everybody's just gawking at this phone, like, "Oh my goodness, that your phone, cell phone takes pictures? That's awesome!" And everybody had to get a cell phone that took pictures. And if you didn't have a cell phone that took pictures, I mean, you were just behind the times. And everybody thought it was great, and they were satisfied when they got that. And then all these other phones started coming out. And now, I mean, even I've got an iPhone. I think it's the iPhone three that was just given to me. Somebody had it. And didn't care about it because it's only an iPhone three. Who cares? 
Well, it was a whole lot better than the one I had. It was it was ancient. It was like three year, two years old, you know, and which is ancient in technology. But everybody's got to have that new next thing. If I could just get that boy, and they'll spend a fortune for it every time the new iPhone or what i whatever comes out. People are lining up and spending big big money to get those things. And I'm not against buying neat things. I'm all, I'm all for it if you got the money for it. But I'm, I'm well, the problem is that mentality of I've got to have everything. It's all about me. Very lonely place. It's a place where you will never, ever be satisfied. It just It's not going to happen. And it, Solomon, he had everything a person could have wanted during that time. And he was far from satisfied. But no, he also had this, I want it, and I will not be denied mentality. I remember uh, after we got married, one the first time we went looking for a vehicle, I remember we went and looked at this van, and it was a nice van. We wanted it. It was out of our price range, and but I remember, boy, these salesmen, man, they were terrible. Man, they they went. We were going to be going to Peoria, and they was like, you know what? Take the van to Peoria. We'll put some gas in it for you. Bring it back the next day. I'm like, okay. Oh man, that was terrible. On that trip, oh man, we fell in love with that van and just we wanted it so bad. And, and I remember I went and I offered them a lower price, and they're like, oh, you know, we can't go that low. And, you know, we can, only, we can only go this low. And I'm like, and the guy's like, listen, do you want the van? And I'm like, well, yeah. Then why aren't, you, why aren't you getting it? I'm like, well, I can't afford it. Yeah, no, you, you can be approved for the loan. He's like, do you want this van? I'm like, yeah, I want it, but he's like, then why? He's like, it costs too much. I can't afford it. It was like he he didn't he didn't understand that that hey I, yeah it's it's not a matter of wanting something. And many times people they they fall for that stuff, and they think because I want it, I should be able to have it. There's listen, there's all kinds of things out there I would like to have, but it doesn't mean I should go get it. If it's something I'm not able to get, then I shouldn't get it. But many parents instill this in their children by giving them everything they want. And the truth is, many parents have that same attitude in their own lives. And really the only difference between Solomon and us today is that Solomon had the resources to get everything he wanted. The truth is, while there are a lot of things out there that I would like to have, I'm never... you know. I'll probably never have enough money to get those things. But here's the secret. Even if I did, they would not satisfy me and they wouldn't make me happy. Solomon, I mean, he had money like we cannot imagine. You know, Solomon, if he saw something, he could just go buy it. He could do that. I mean, have you ever thought, man, you know, you, you know, I'll go to places like Bass Pro Shop or something, and I was like going and looking at their boats. I'm like, oh, man. These are some nice boats right here. Boy, I could have, I could have a lot of fun with these things. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff there. I mean, I, I could spend so much money there. But you know what? The truth is, those things wouldn't bring happiness. They bring some fun. I'm not against, I'm not against having them. But Solomon, he had the resources to get every single thing that he wanted and it still didn't bring him happiness, and it wasn't for us either. Even if you went and you won the lottery, 
you think, I now have the money to finally do all the things I've ever wanted to do. And people, they think, this is going to change my life. This is going to bring me happiness. And here they are, year after winning the lottery, after spending all that money, buying everything they want, and they're still not happy. Why is that? Why is that? Because one of the things, and I believe one of the reasons, because the whole point, really, of all this, and the whole point of this message, is that we have got to learn to say no to some things. If there are some things we have got to learn to say no to. Many people today, they think because they don't have everything they want, that they don't have a problem in this area. Well, I don't have the fancy house, or I don't have the fancy cars, I don't have all the cool gadgets, so that's not me. Because there's all I definitely don't have everything that I want. Doesn't mean you have, it doesn't mean you don't have this problem. Because the truth is, we've got to learn, if we're going to get victory, We've got to learn to say no to things that we are capable of getting. Because you know the truth is, I remember we were shocked when we first tried buying a house. We went into the bank and wanted to get pre-approved and everything. When they told us what we got, we were approved for. We we're like, what? They were like, yeah, we we give you a loan for up to this amount. And I'm thinking, that's nuts. I can't afford that. There's no way I could make those payments. And Oh no! You know, but you know the truth is, we could have went and got purchased a really nice house. We could have we could have done that, but we couldn't have continued the payments. I, I know I know we wouldn't have. Uh, we weren't we weren't good for the money. But a lot of times, there's you have the ability to get things. There's certain gadgets and toys and things out there. There's credit card companies that'll approve you, and you could go. And buy all those things. I mean, you can go into a lot most stores today, and you can walk out of there with all kinds of nice things without paying a dollar. But eventually, you're going to have to pay. And many people, they've never learned how to tell themselves no, and they get themselves in trouble with, trouble with all those things. But the truth is, when it comes to pleasures, there are some things we've just got to learn to tell ourselves no to. Some people do not tell themselves no to anything. For example. Listen, there's some television programs out there that you just need to say no to. You have the there you have you know with the television programs that are out there today. I mean, there if you've got a problem with watching perverted stuff, there's plenty out there for you that you could get. If you've got a problem with watching violent, gory stuff, I mean, you're into that. There is plenty of options for you out there. You could eat you easily could get access to those things. But should you? Should you be involved in that? You've got to learn to tell yourselves no. I mean, there might be some show, TV program that comes on or some movie. You might think, I would really enjoy watching this. I would really enjoy watching all these people get hacked up with a chainsaw. Okay? But should you be saying yes? Absolutely not. I know some people are into that. But, uh, I mean... I mean, you hear about some of these violent movies. I remember when we were on the bus route, we had this little girl that rode our, rode our bus. And she would start talking about some of the scary movies and things they watched. And I'd have to, I'd have to tell her to stop. I couldn't handle hearing what she was just talking about. I'm thinking, good night. What kind of stuff is going into this little girl's head? You've got to learn to tell yourself no. You've got to learn to say, no, I'm not going to watch that. No, I'm not going to get involved in those things. On the internet today, pretty much any and anything, you can find anything on there. There's good stuff, but there's horrible stuff. 
And people have got to learn to tell themselves no. But if there's some kind of pleasure, they're not telling themselves no to it. I'm not telling my flesh no to anything. If there's something I want, I'm going to get it. All the worldly entertainment there's out there. Listen, there's some things that we shouldn't be around. There's some stuff there's that's just there's that's wicked. Things that appeal to the uh, just our sinful flesh. Things we need to stay away from. We've got to learn to tell ourselves no. Listen, I know this one might sound terrible, but you know we've got to learn to tell ourselves no. Even sometimes, maybe even to things like food. <laughs> Proverbs chapter twenty thirty two, and put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. Come on. <laughs> but you know what? It's true. You know, I, I love. Listen, I, I love a good unhealthy meal as much as anybody. You know, I enjoy fast food and I, I enjoy all the greasy stuff. But the truth is, if you go for that stuff all the time, it's it's going to catch up to you. It's going to, it's going to eventually get you. You know, the older people they warn us all the time. They tell you, man, you don't. You know, you need to. You know, eat healthy, do all that. You know, we ignore it, especially when we're younger and the effects. <laughs> haven't really gotten us yet, but you know sometimes you just need to learn to say we need to learn to say no. We need to, it just maybe for that self discipline. That's why I think it's good to fast. It, it it teaches us and it conditions us to learn to tell our flesh no. Just say I'm not going to eat for a day. I'm not saying that it's a sin to eat. I'm not saying it's a sin to drink a can of pop. But sometimes we ought to just learn. We ought to do it just to teach ourselves to say no to the flesh. And if we could learn on something like that, uh, to say no to something like that, we could learn to say no to maybe some of the more difficult things. But some people, they never tell themselves no. And Solomon, that's how he was. He didn't tell himself no to anything. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. There's a woman out there. Yeah, I'll take her. Boom. Yes, yes, yes. 700. 700 wives, 300 concubines. And listen, some of them women, they were women that served false gods, and they turned his heart from God and got him worshiping idols. He should have said no, but they were good looking. So what? Learn to tell yourself no. Learn to tell your flesh no. Learn to say no to some possessions. There are some things. Listen, I'm not I'm not against possessions, but you know what? Like I said, I like. I've always thought it'd be cool to have a nice boat. But you know what? If that boat is going to cause me to not be going to church because I want to take it out and go fishing on Sundays, then I shouldn't have that boat. I need to tell myself no to it. If buying that boat is going to put me in a financial position where I can't give my tithes and offerings to God anymore, then I need to tell myself no to that possession. If it's going to take me away from my family because I'm too busy fishing all the time, I need to tell myself no. We've got to learn... To tell ourselves, no, that listen, that's why we have a huge debt problem in this country today, not just as in, with individuals, but in our government. Our government doesn't want to tell anybody no to anything. I mean, the, the government's kind I mean, it's mind boggling the money that they're spending, the debt that we've ran up just in the last four years. You know why? Because we never tell ourselves no. This is it's a, this is a nationwide epidemic we've got going on. We've got to learn to tell ourselves no. We've got to learn to say, you know what? There are some things that we're just we we're, we are not ready for. Things that we can't have. We don't have the money 
And Solomon, he he did it. I want it, and I'm not going to be denied. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get it. But here's the problem. After we get some of these things, the truth is, we don't have them. They have us. Now we don't have uh, the ability to do the things that we need to do. We, uh, we're, we're tied down financially to these things and we're maybe even just tied down emotionally to them where we just can't give them up. I, we can't, I can't give that up. I can't get rid of it. And it's, it's sad when you see that. For things that aren't important. I mean, people, they can't be faithful to the house of God because of a TV program that comes on during church. That's pretty sad. When a TV program will keep somebody out of church, but it does all the time. And it's pretty sad when just maybe some toy will keep people out of church. I've seen that with kids before. When on the bus route, oh, I can't come to church today. I just got a new video game. So what? It'll still be there when you get home. <laughs> I remember one time we went to go pick up this girl on the bus, and it was kind of a joke. After that, we went we went to go pick her. She's like, I, I can't come tonight. We just got new furniture. It'll still be there when you get home. It's like, oh no, I got to sit on this new furniture. You know, I got, I got to be, I got to hurt and just. It'll still be there. You know, and it's, you know, and even the TV programs. You know, you can record those things these days. But people, we're we're so used to saying yes to every little thing we want that we don't do the things that we're supposed to do all the time. And it's it's a sad thing. People can't tell themselves no. Uh, you know, people. Wake up in the morning and they need to go to work. But it's like, ah, I feel like sleeping. And they, they sleep. They're late for work. And then they wonder why they get fired. <laughs> I, I, I worked with one guy. Man, he was late all the time. All the time this guy was late. He was sleeping. And at Walmart, I mean, you had, to, you had to have really bad attendance to get fired for it. You had to have really bad... Their, their attendance policy was very lenient. And this guy finally got to a step three. Or he was one, one occurrence away from a step three. And if you were on a step three, you had to be perfect for the next six months. Otherwise, you'd get fired. And I remember... I, yeah, he actually did get on the step three. I'll never, I'll never forget this. And we, I, I liked working with this guy. You know, he, he was an enjoyable person to work with and all of us in our area, we all enjoyed working with this guy and I remember one, he had if you get a step three, they would give you what they called a decision day where you'd have to stay home that day with pay but they basically, you were supposed to during that time just kind of reevaluate some things and decide whether or not you wanted to keep working there or get another job or whatever. I, it, was just, it was a thing they did. And he was on his decision day and I remember a bunch of us guys we were talking, it's like, man, I really liked working with him. I say that really stinks because man, he needs this job, and but there's no way he's going to go six months and not get any occurrences at all. It's like you know, and we we knew it was only a matter of time before he got fired. Well, you know what? Six months, he did it. I remember he went and he he was he was there on time. We didn't think there was any way he would do it, but he finally learned to tell himself, no, no, don't sleep in. You're going to have to get up. I remember one day, boy, he was he was upset because he called in work and he wanted to leave because there was some family drama going on and you know and it was important and they're like, it's going to count as an occurrence, you'll be fired, and he had he still had to come in. <laughs> he was he was furious. I needed to be home. Blah blah. It's like, hey, you used up all your chances, bud. You and and he did. He he got through it. But we we've got we've got to learn to tell ourselves no. 
So sometimes I think it's good maybe even take something that's not even bad and just say, you know what? I'm going a week without it. Just to learn to tell myself, no. Because it's a good habit to get into. But Solomon, he had that I deserve mentality. Verse 10 in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I want you to notice the statement that he makes. I said, Whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was a portion of all my labor. Solomon, he was a great king who accomplished some great things. Why shouldn't he have what he wants? Why shouldn't he have it? He's gotten Israel to a place they've never been before. Why shouldn't I have this pleasure? I deserve it. Look how rich the kingdom is right now. Silver is nothing accounted for. It's the stones. Why shouldn't I have these things? I deserve it. You know what? That's what most people do when it comes to the pleasures. Even sinful pleasures. I deserve this. Maybe some men out there think, I've been faithful to my wife for 20 years. I mess up one time. Bad idea. Real bad idea. But it's like they have that attitude. I deserve this. I deserve a lot. That's why a lot of people steal. Sometimes maybe they'll even steal from an employer or something. Maybe they feel like they got shortchanged somewhere. It's like, no, I deserve this. And I'm going to get it. Bad attitude to have. That was Solomon's attitude. He felt he deserved all of those things. And just be, but just because you desire something, it doesn't make it right. Remember Eve, she desired that fruit. It was a tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took of it and she ate. And many people today, they feel like because they have a desire for something, means that they ought to have it. And truth is, our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. It's going to desire some things that not only should we not have, things that could destroy us. And we have got to learn to tell ourselves no. But the conclusion of all this, Solomon, he had forgotten why God had blessed him with wisdom and everything else he had. And the truth is, it was the reason God blessed Solomon, the reason Solomon had all these riches, the reason that the kingdom had got to this point, it was because Solomon... He thought originally thought of others first. Because in the beginning, his desire more than anything else was to please God. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, this is after God has asked Solomon, Solomon, whatever you want, I'm going to give you. And he said, And now, O Lord my God, Thou hast made Thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? In the speech, please the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. You notice that difference in attitude Solomon had then? At first he's saying, Lord, Thy servant. Talking about himself. Thy servant. He kept talking about Thy people that You have given me. He's like, Lord, this is a great responsibility and I want to please You, Lord. I want to be a blessing to Thy people. 
I want to do things right by Thy people. He was was thinking about others. He was thinking about God. And God saw that and was pleased and God gave him all this wisdom. And then unfortunately, God gave him all these blessings. And then, But somewhere along the lines, things changed. And Solomon, I don't know, maybe thought, you know what, I've been thinking about everybody else all these years. It's time to think about myself. It's time to start focusing on me a little bit. And he did. And it was all vanity. It was all it was all emptiness. Verse one, chapter Ecclesiastes two, and I said in my heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold this also is vanity. One of many things you I challenge you to read the book of Ecclesiastes and look at all the things, it's all vanity. It's all empty. It's not bringing happiness. And he gets to the very end of Ecclesiastes chapter twelve. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. If you're wanting happiness, if you're wanting fulfillment, if you really want to have that fullness in your heart, if you want to fill that emptiness that's there, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Solomon tried it all, folks. There's absolutely nothing that you can try that Solomon didn't try and that Solomon didn't get. There is no goal, no achievement that's out there that you think that Solomon, he he did it all. He did it all. And And he said the conclusion... Fear God and keep His commandments. You really want to have fulfillment? Fear God and keep His commandments. That's what that's what he originally did, and God gave him all those other things. And it was great that he had all those other things, but they didn't bring him any happiness. He didn't care. I'm not going to tell you that if you fear God and keep His commandments, then He's going to give you all that other stuff. The truth is, if you fear God and you keep His commandments, that other stuff's not really going to matter to you. You're going to be fulfilled without it. He may give you some of those things. He may bless you financially. But, I promise you, when you're at that point, you're going to be happy, but it's not going to have anything to do with those possessions. Solomon, he tried it all. Solomon, he he reminds me of an American in that passage. The truth is, he was just human. And all of us are going to go through times where we're dealing with those things. We've got to... We've got to conquer it. And one of the biggest things, if we could just learn to say no to ourselves and say yes to God, we would save ourselves a world of problems. And I hope this message is challenging you to do that tonight. So let's all stand together tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.